Bokratov, we are continuing in the Haftarah of Parashat Sachor. Now, where is that Haftarah in this book? Because there's no mitzvah to listen to the Ten Commandments. To follow the Ten but there is a mitzvah to, to, to remember Amalek. Meaning it has nothing to do... It's, it's not a matter of the significance of the piece of the Torah because all of the Torah is equally significant. It's a matter of, by the Zachor, it is an explicit command to remember Amalek. But we don't have a similar thing by, by the Ten Commandments. There's no explicit command to mention the Ten Commandments. Now we are... So the, the Sukim yesterday that we left off, I want to read them one more time because they were so, so beautiful. The, the language that Shimuel uses... To complain to Shaul, he says, Pasuk 22, says, Does God want uh, the korbanot and the offerings more than listening to his voice? Listening is better, right, exactly. Wow. Listening, being obedient, is better than a, than a good. Uh, sacrifice and to listen is better than the fats of rams because rebellion is like the sin of magic and charms so obviously a very bad sin and rebellion is also like idol worship and sinfulness and because you rejected the word of God, he has rejected you from being king. So that's where Shaul stands after his failure to wipe out Amalek. What a slap. Yeah. Now we go, we continue to Pasuk 24. And this is, again, what chapter are we in? In Shemuel? In uh, chapter 15. Yeah, we're in chapter 15, 15 in Shemuel. Tedvav. And Shaul says to Shemuel, I have sinned for I violated the word of God and your word. For I feared the people and I listened to their voice. Remember Shemuel, yes, 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 his yes, complaint yes. against Shaul was, are you, are you small that you're listening to the people? You are the king. Why are you listening to they the will to of the people? You. They have to listen to you. And the Shaul now admits it. I sinned for I violated the word of God because I feared the will of the people and I listened to their voice. Yeah, but it still doesn't seem like this decision was made by the people. It could still be that it was... Soft heart. Yeah, it was his decision. Also, Soft heart. He was finish. a bad leader. He wasn't a... Yeah, soft. yeah, yeah. No, I, I, it wasn't like... Uh, this isn't like... Um, Cheta Egel situation, yeah. which the people are aggressively coming. Oh, and, this was soft heart. And they're, according to the Midrash, they're killing the leaders if they don't do their bidding, right? They this lost, is... They, they, they saw the good... They, they kept the good uh, animals. That right. means, uh, you know... This was, this was desire for the wealth and a soft heart when it comes to the king. The king, yeah. That was a big problem after. Now, where, where are they meeting again? Where, where, where is Shaul um, when Shemuel goes to see him? We mentioned it yesterday. Gilgal? No? Is it in Gilgal? Let's see. No, that was where No, it was Carmel. They went to Carmel. Carmel, yes. And uh, Shaul had made. Shaul had made like a. a um, what's it called? 
the, the monument. Shaulet made yes, a monument yes, yes, in yes, honor yes, of the yes, war. Yes, yes, yes. And then the people had taken these animals, so they're also doing korbanot, I'm assuming. Yes, yes. So remember, whenever Shmuel came, he said, Turn, come with me, and I will tell you the word of God. And then now Shaul went with Shmuel, meaning they left the people. So now Shmuel is having a private conversation with Shaul. Oh. And now what happens if Shaul goes back alone? What are the people going to say? Oh. What if he goes back to Carmel alone? The people are going to say, where's Shmuel? And he's going to have to start. It's not going to look good. So now he says, behold, I have sinned. I've sinned. Please forgive me for my sin. But please return with me and I will go and, and prostrate myself to God. So Shaul is asking him, save me the shame of going back to the people alone so that people don't start to think that there's something up. I'm not going to go back with you. Because you rejected the word of God and now God has rejected you from being a king upon Israel. But then Shemuel turns to go and Shaul out of his desperation he grabs the edge of his cloak and it tears. And then he says, God has ripped the kingdom of Israel from before you, from, from you today, and he has given it to your fellow who is better than you. Whoa. Now, who is this fellow going to be? It's going to be David Amelech, obviously. And now, you, know, you, could, you could see the, tr the trauma in this experience for Shaul. He is flying high, he's successful, he just won the war, he's so excited, he thinks he did everything right, and then Shemuel comes. You got a slap in the face saying. Shemuel comes and he says, by the way, you just made the biggest military error in your entire life. Rabbi, I'm a little bit and, concerned about when he says that, come with me and then I, and then I will prostrate to Hashem for forgiveness. No, no, no. I think what he's referring to there is right now the people are all in Carmel and they're doing these, they're doing these sacrifices and they're celebrating a war. Yes, yes. Let's go together so that we can go in front of the people and, and do our and partake and partake in the service of of bowing to God. Okay. I think that's what he's referring to. I don't think he's saying I won't bow down to God if here. Come, if you don't come with no, me. No, no, yeah, I don't think, no, no. He's not me. saying I won't bow down to God if you don't come with me. He's saying let's go back together to go join the nation in the service of God. Okay? So, so he says God has ripped apart the, the kingdom from you and he's given it to your fellow who is better than you. Now this is an interesting pasuk because it describes God in a very unique way with a very unique uh, euphemism or description. It says, The glory of Israel will not lie and will not change his mind. Because he's not, not human. He's not human. How, how do they translate there? Uh, does not relent. relent. Right, so they're translating it the way I'm the translating of, it. The, the eternal one of Israel does not lie and does not, not relent. relent. For he's not you, a human that he should, he relent. should relent. Right, so meaning nothing's going to change this decision. The kingdom has been taken away from you and now nothing's going to change it's it. Final. Now, as I was saying, it's, it's like, I feel like this could create a trauma 
for Shaul. It's because because he's so excited. It's like you go from the highest of highs, and all of a sudden Shmuel comes up. By the way, you just pulling, made the biggest mistake. Pulling the carpet under his right, 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 exactly. Go, so fine, now, now, whenever, now all of this trauma is going to create a psychological issue in Shaul. Yeah. It's going to create a level of depression in Shaul, yeah. and maybe some. Uh, he's going to show like evidence of some of kind of like a like a, they call it manic depressive. Whenever a person has extremely elated moments and then has extremely depressed they moments. They go, they go to highs and lows. Total opposite. Total opposite. They don't have in between. And they don't, yeah, and Shaul is going to become unstable because of this. And that's why when David... Big, see, start when, the, when, starts the problem with David. What, what, exactly. That's why whenever David comes and starts to win the, win the favor of the people, Shaul is going to numerous times attempt to kill him. Yes. And he, he slaughtered a whole... Uh, yeah, and then he's Kwanim. going to slaughter a whole group of Kwanim just to, because of the, the suspecting them of harboring David. So, wow. It's, you know, in a way, you feel, I feel bad for Shaul. I don't, people take a hard, I, I, look, what Shaul did was horrendous, right? What Shaul will we'll learn. Not horrendous. He didn't listen we, to I the think, word of No, no, not, not now. I'm saying what Shaul will do in the, his relationship with, yeah, with David. With David yes. I know I'm not, I'm, 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 we're not, I didn't, I'm not showing you the text, so not everybody knows the story. Yes. But Shaul is going to behave very badly towards David, and there are two ways to look at it. You could look at it as. Technically. Oh, no. I, that's the most like, uh, yeah. that's like. But the, the most religious way you could look at it, but I'm, I'm thinking in terms of the storyline. No, I'm just thinking in terms of the storyline. You could look Jonathan at it as Shaul has become a wicked man, or you could look at it as Misken Shaul has become mentally yeah. unfit. Unstable. Meaning, I think. Meaning, I feel. I almost feel. I pity Shaul more than more than I'm upset at him for the way he behaves towards David. Because I, I could see that it's not in his control. It's almost like psychologically, he's just so unhinged. That it, he has no control over what he's doing I, anymore. I think this, the, 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 the main, the main uh, I think all of this probably just started. It could have been maybe avoided. Is that Shmuel, um, Shaul was trying to save face. Yeah, you know? he's trying to save face when he tells Shemuel to, Shemuel to come to with come him. With me, to come with me. You know, because yeah. he's still the king. All of a sudden now he's going to... He's going to... The worst thing is the worst his, thing. His ego. His ego. The worst thing is when you are at a certain level. May Hashem not show it to anybody. And God forbid you have to come down. And then you have to face the music. Oh, overnight. Overnight. Oh, and then oh, boom. Oh. And then all of a sudden it's like, if he would have maybe just, you know, the, he was, he's the, he was he's embarrassed. The he's the king. Yeah, it's you know, so, it's look, uh, one of, one of the things Shaul... Shaul is begging Shemuel, just don't embarrass me. Okay, fine. That's I'm, really not, I'm not king anymore, but don't, don't, don't let me go back to the people as a mourner. You know, I want to at least let us enjoy the success of the battle in the meantime. So let's see what happens. He said, fine, I've sinned, but please give me some honor in front of the, the elders of the people and in front of Israel. And return with me and I will bow down to Hashem, your God. Now it's interesting, he uses Hashem, your, your God. God. Ah, but the people do that, and we see that in, in Tanakh. That sometimes people who are clearly because, believers refer because, to it no, as because, Adonai, your God. So in his eyes, Shmuel is more closer to Hashem. Maybe. Than ah, ah that's, a, that's a nice interpretation. Yeah. I like that. You are the Navi. It's like, it's like Moshe. Meaning, it's meaning like Moshe. You, you are the like Navi. Moshe. If you were to go to Moshe, you say, Moshe, go pray to Hashem, your God. Meaning, Hashem, the one that you know more than I do. I like that. 
Yeah. Meaning it's not like Shaul is making a, a theological statement right now that I'm not a believer. No. He's just saying that he's Shemuel, giving, uh, he's giving Shemuel respect, respect. Right? that you are the one Which who has deserved. a closer relationship to God. Beautiful. Pasuk 31. And Shemuel went with Shaul and Shaul prostrated himself to God. So Shemuel does give in. He, he, lo- he does let he, him have this uh, win. Okay. Pasuk 32. So Shemuel says... Bring to me Agag, the king of Amalek. Uh, so then Agag came to him uh, in chains. Ma'adanot means in chains. Yes. That I actually didn't know. But, but he, he goes to him in chains. And then he says, Indeed, the bitterness of death either it, it could be has left. Here the translating differently. He says, Surely the bitterness of death is at hand but i don't like that translation i think it has passed death i think passed. yeah i think it's i think he's saying it has passed because what happens there is a point there's a point when a person is so i think I, I'm, I'm not sure about you, this, you, but you, you said you're finished i'm finished when, when a person realizes that they're finished the trepidation and the anxiety of the death they start to decrease yeah. right the worst part is when the person is the fact that you, when yeah, the person is yeah. unsure if he's going I'm, to die i'm, I'm done once a person is sure he's gone, then the bitterness of the anxiety starts to depart. Now he's not worried anymore. So I think Agag is saying, once Shemuel came to town, Agag is saying, okay, I was unsure, because the whole time they're holding him in chains, right? So holding him in chains, like, why are these people even keeping me alive? And then Shemuel comes to town, he sees the look of Shemuel's face, and he says, okay, that's it. I know, it's over. Okay? Omar Shemuel, kasher shikela nashim kharbecha. So Shemuel says, the same way your sword has caused the death of the children of women, meaning has caused women to lose their children, so shall your, your mother be a childless mother amongst the women. And Shemuel hewed Agag before the Lord in Gilgal, he he he's incredible. tore him. He's, he's, he's a navi. He he's not. It's not even his job. Right. To, to it's so. This. It's so interesting that the navi is partaking in such a in no. such an aggressive yeah. and violent act. But he's but following the no will of God. That's, right. this is, That's the will this of God. Is no different than when there was in, in the desert. There was the uh, the situation with that they were going with the women that were from that. Like uh, Pinchas. Yes. Right. Right. The same time. Same thing. This reminds me a little bit of the kind of. Of the tenacity and and zealotry we see from Pinchas and also from Eliyahu. By the way, you know why the Midrash says uh, the Midrash always says that Pinchas and Eliyahu, Pinchas who Eliyahu is a classic yeah. Kabbalistic phrase. It's a classic Midrashic phrase. They put them together. Now that's honestly because I asked Rabbi Maruf this. He explained. He said it's because they both. Um, Eliyahu uses the words that I've been zealous for on the word of God. And what does it say regarding Pinchas? That it mm. So they, they're both described with this zealotry So the, the Midrash links them together as being doesn't mean that Pinachas lived to the time of Eliyahu And then was just operating under a different name Maybe, maybe also here they so, did, he did this because he didn't want Hashem to, to vindicate Because they didn't do the word of Hashem No, for sure I mean, he, they, they, have to, they have to kill Amalek That's what that was commanded of them um, But I just like, it's just even, I see even a little this bit. This act in front of to, for Shmuel to do it, he's doing it in front of the people and in front of Shaul. It even belittles Shaul. Like I'm finishing your right, job. Right, right. That's an interesting yes, point. It's exactly. A, it's a little bit belittling Shaul. Yes. I'm finishing because Shaul. So what is he doing? Shaul comes and he says, "Let's keep this king alive." 
And then Navi walks in and kills him. He's basically, not only is he belittling Shaul, he's basically going against the implicit command of Shaul. Shaul basically expected us to keep this guy alive, and then Shemuel just walks in and kills him in front of Shaul. As in, no, 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 you're not the, you're you're not the boss here. You're not the boss here, right. Okay, last pasuk, 34. Vayelech Shemuel haramata, v'shaul ala el beto, yiv'at Shaul. And Shemuel went up to Ramah, and Shaul went up to his house in Giv'at Shaul. Oh, interesting. The, the notes here says that he never again saw Shaul. Oh, never. Shmuel and Shaul did not... They did not meet up again. Wow. Okay. Uh, let's, give me, let's, give, let's do two minutes of uh, insight into the opening of the parasha. I'm not even going to begin the psukim. But we touched on this a little bit in the class on Sunday, uh, in the last 10 minutes. So if anybody didn't make it through the hour and a half, this will be new to you. Uh, the so, so I, want, I want to give you a bird's, uh, one more time, just go through what we're about to see and, and what we have seen. So starting from when we got the Ten Commandments, what was the first command that was offered to us once we got the Ten Commandments? The first command that was offered to us was You shall make an altar for you, When you make an altar for God You should make it a simple altar of earth And if you want to make stones It should be non, non-human not stones not, yes, not You do anything. not go Your, your uh, you nakedness should, should not, not show be. So you should not have stairs on the altar And we kind of asked the question Of why are we discussing Korbanot And the making of, of altars Immediately after the Ten the Ten Commandments, in which God appeared to all of Israel and spoke the words to all of Israel, it says that we have to they have to kind of continue in a way that Ben Israel could have a continuum of how to right exactly because Ben Israel just had this the yes. super experience of Har Sinai of yes. Revelation. Now the Ben Israel they're going to need a way to reconnect to that. And being the primitive souls that they are, you need something physical. You, you can't just be, everybody can't be Moshe Rabbeinu, some philosopher, uh, Navi, who just has these divine experiences. They need a way to interact with God. Now, what is the, the focus then of those halachot about the Mizbeach? The focus of those halachot was to keep it very simple. It should be not an immaculate, beautiful Mizbeach, but a simple Mizbeach out of earth. And the rituals... Keep them very, very kosher. Humble, humble. Everything, Every, humble. everything humble, was humble. humble. And why is that? Because in the next, in the next revelation of God, we saw, we saw a couple of things that were very curious. For one, the Zikanim, the elders of the Israel, it says, et Israel. They saw the God of Israel. They saw it looked like sapphire and it was clear as the, as the, as the heavens. And then it says, And they, they looked, they gazed upon God and they were they eating ate? and drinking. Yeah. And we found that to be very curious. Why were they eating and drinking? So, so they were odd. So, so it could be that what we saw with the command to give the korban at the end of the first revelation. Now we can call the second part when they experienced the divine again. We can call it, let's, say, let's call it revelation number two. And immediately the reaction of Am Yisrael is going to be to, to overstep the boundaries. Remember when Borei Olam was telling Moshe, keep away from the mountain, do not go up the mountain, lest I, I go, come out and kill you? So the second these Zikinim have this experience, 
second they have this experience of God, they overstep their boundary, right? And then and they eat and drink in the presence of God. They 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 do too much in this joy. They they feel too comfortable around God. So we see that as a potentially a problem. And then what happens? The Jewish people look at Moshe as he's going into a fire, uh, into a fire. To Bnei Israel's eyes, it's a fire. To Moshe, it's an arafel. So now you put all this together and you see God recognizes the tendency of the Jewish people to corrupt the interactions with God. That's why you need the Mizbeach, a simple Mizbeach. And when the people, however, as we see from the Zikinim, they have a very, again, they have a very strong tendency to, to come, try and come too close to God, to almost try to merge themselves, so to try to, try to Let's say, you could even say um, become one with God. They get they want to go up the mountain also. Is this from right? the, from learning from the Egyptian ways with the with their gods? I, I don't know. It? I don't know. Because they were having uh, the, ten- the, the tendencies. The, the tendencies are going to be the same. Right? The tendencies of Egypt and are going to be the same. And then we have after all of this introduction, we have the the, the instructions of the Mishkan, and then the Cheta Egel, and then. The building of the Mishkan And the Cheta Egel is couched in between Parashat Tirumah Tetzaveh And Vayakel Pekudet Which are the construction, the instruction and the construction of the Mishkan yes. So maybe we could see like this They had the revelation God saw that there's a tendency In their hearts to try and come too close They had set revelation number two They overstep a little bit Now once Moshe is gone And the people are left to their own devices What is going to come forth? A golden calf what the, what's going to come forth is that same tendency of eating and drinking in the in the yes, face of God. Yes, yes. It's that same tendency that can quickly turn the service of God into the worst form of avodah So before we get there, after introducing the tendency of eating and drinking in the in the in the place of God, we introduced. We're now introducing the solution to that, which is give the people give the people a mode of service which is under strict watch of the Kohanim and which is highly controlled. And that is what the Mishkan is. Mm. And the Mishkan, the reason it couch, it's, it surrounds the Cheta Egel is because the Mishkan is the solution to the Cheta Egel. That's what we'll start for now. Baruch Adonai Amen. 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 Amen.